0: friends, welcome back to the podcast. I am Jodi Grimm and I am the girl who says what everyone is thinking, unapologetically myself, as often as possible. I am here to laugh with you and have real conversations about all that life throws at us. I want to encourage you to own who you are, but not settle for it, to keep growing in your tenacity and your strength of character. The goal of this podcast is still the same three seasons in, that you will laugh, cry, and be challenged mostly that you will realize you are not alone in your struggles or your dreams. Thanks for tuning in. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. Happy Wednesday. You guys, it is November 16th, and that means we are 38 days away from Christmas. And I'm going to decorate here in the next couple of days and I'm super excited about it. I Last year I got really smart and I made a whole video of what my house looked like because I feel like every year I'm like, where did I put this? Where did I put that? Where do I put all my plants <laughs> as I let Christmas invade my house? But yeah, I'm very excited and I hope you guys have amazing Christmas plans and that you're thinking about that. Um, we're going to talk a little bit in December here about mom guilt and some of those other things. Um boundaries and commitments around the holidays and how do you take care of yourself but also serve your family well and create really awesome experiences and memories for yourself and the people that you love um but we're not talking about that today i'm just excited about it and i'm going to toronto in december for my work christmas party and i'm actually going to buy a new dress and heels and i'm like over the moon about it so Pretty pumped. I haven't done that in forever. Um, But the purpose of today's episode, you know, that I'm always thinking about you and what encouragement you need. And it always leads back to what I'm learning and what I'm working on or people that I'm working with or leading or coaching or whatever. But I always hope you listen to these episodes and that you come away with new ways to look at situations, relationships, yourself. And I always want you to come and change and grow. And As I said in episode one of this season, I hope that you listen to these episodes and that your hope grows. That's one of my biggest desires for this podcast. So, today we're going to talk about digging into our weaknesses and really looking for them. That is what we're going to talk about. So, I've been noticing a little bit lately about how much it's in our human nature to seek acceptance for where we are at instead of seeking growth. Obviously, Like on a surface level, this is just nice. We want to be accepted. We want to fit in and we have all those things. But for a lot of people, myself included, the approval of others controls us. And in this last year when I felt like people didn't approve of me and my choices, I know that that was really hard for me, like really hard. So, but the lie is that others approve of, like when others approve of you that you will feel better because it really doesn't change anything. Nothing has changed. So make no mistake. This learning is not to make you more likable, what we're going to learn and talk about today. But the goal is that the information that you unearth about yourself will create more calm confidence, um, in you. And even though lots of times the learning is sometimes ugly at first, um, I've been thinking about the concept in the last 10 years that has kind of come out um, with everyone preaching, I am enough. And for the record, I've always been leaning on the edge of being too much. So this, I threw this concept at the wall, but it never stuck. It just didn't stick for me. And so... I love a good movement. I th- I think the more I see things now, the more suspicious I am, like everything the world's pushing as a certain, I don't know, trend. I'm like, what? Let's think about that before we adopt it or like and what's funny is obviously, you know, most of these things are just quotes or nice sayings. But if you fully live into some of them, like my favorite is like if it feels good, you should do what feels good. And I'm like, if I did what felt good, I probably would have had an affair by now. Like, this just being totally honest, I probably would have walked away from my family at times. I definitely would have quit jobs because, you know, things weren't going my way. And so I feel like these are nice quotes and sayings, but a lot of times when we hear them enough and in enough places, it creates an entitlement in us. A very me, me, me focused. Anyways, that's not what today's about, but... Um, The reality is that if something is enough, it's just right. It's done. It's accomplished what it had to accomplish. And I think this whole like not being enough thing, for me um, as a Christian, it's a fairly easy concept to not try and be enough for anyone or anything because when I am weak, Christ is strong in me, which is a verse in the Bible and a mantra for many Christians So I live a life of hopeful expectation about what I can learn from my weaknesses and I know that my struggles produce perseverance and that's what I want you to grab onto today from listening to this podcast. So I will pray and ask God to show me my weaknesses and my blind spots and I ask him to give me the courage to take off my blinders and look at these areas of my life more deeply because examining your weaknesses is literally the first step to improving your life. I'm convinced. So we've all had people in our lives, in our, in our relationships that we've thought like if that person only knew how they came across or how they presented themselves or how they made other people feel, they would have the power to change so many of their relationships and outcomes in life. But most people carry on in the same fashion they always have. And I do it too. We all we all do this. This is like our human nature. Something I notice when I start coaching a new person versus coaching someone who's like a seasoned veteran is that a new person does not eagerly look to dig into their weaknesses or their opportunities for growth. Which is funny because that's ironic because that's why you pay a coach. And I used to have this boss and when I would dig in with him, I, he would get this look on his face that I would call like a no-go zone. And if we are people of progress who want the most out of our relationships and out of ourselves, we can't really have no-go zones because under the no-go zone are often lies we've believed, trauma we have experienced, and insecurities we are making decisions out of. This is my favorite. Think of a teenager making life choices out of their insecurities. But we still do this too, even as grown-ups. We choose not to work on areas of our life that need it. Um, I'm in a mastermind with two girls. I always talk about this, but we've all been coached. We were coached together. We were coached separately. And as a collective, we are so desperate to find our weaknesses and attack them I don't know if it's that like we want to attack them before someone else notices them or before a relationship is injured or before we need to learn this lesson again because we have realized we can't step around it or over it. We have to walk through it. Um, But we've recognized that our shortcomings are opportunities to be better, to scale up in our relationships, to create more depth in our relationships and to grow in our vocation. So the reality is that we all know we aren't perfect. I know I'm not. I know you're not. And so let's dig into those perfection imperfections and relish the learning. So awesome. So first of all, why don't we want to look at our weaknesses? Well, I feel like that seems obvious, but we view areas of growth often as a negative. And that's what we need to flip upside down. And before you get your knickers in a knot, I want you to know you get to determine whether you make feedback negative or positive whether you're in coaching in a relationship where your spouse gives you some feedback or your best friend or your mom or whatever it's all neutral you get to de- to assi- to oh my gosh sorry you get to decide how you apply that in your life and what you do with that it's just information so the only negative thing is not being willing to look at it that's the only negative thing so Sometimes our, And sometimes our weaknesses are like Jenga blocks. Like if you acknowledge one and you pull it out, sometimes it all has to come down. Like if you have things built on lies or built on lies you've believed or um, assumptions and all sorts of things, sometimes it all has to come down and that's hard, but it's such important work. So... We like to think of ourselves in a certain way. And sometimes acknowledging these struggles, um, it points out aspects of our person that we aren't proud of. Um, But if we pull out a Jenga piece and we acknowledge our need for God, our need for change, our need for forgiveness, our need for growth, we will have to change more. And that sounds hard, but I believe we can't avoid these deep knowings. So, one of the reasons I think you showed up today is because you love my self deprecating embarrassing stories. This is actually like, I feel like this is not funny. I don't know why I said it was funny. This is gross. So when I moved to Vancouver Island, obviously I wanted to make new friends and I met a couple, well actually mostly one girl, but a couple different times I noticed this and it just drove me nuts, but I couldn't figure out what it was. Um, I had this one friend and I don't spend any time with her now, but I realized really quickly that she never asked anything about my life. And like the relationship was super self-serving. So pretty quickly, I didn't want to spend any time with her because I was like, she doesn't care about me. And so then I got thinking like, why does that bug me so much? Like, why have I not experienced that before? Or Why have I not noticed it before? So instead of just sitting around thinking about how she wasn't a good friend to me, I got curious. I was like, okay, so why does that bug me so much? So this is where you start to see that as someone who's who's done this on the regular, I coach myself all the time. Like I will pull these tools out of my toolbox and be like, that's interesting. It's always interesting when something happens. It's not... Sad or happy. Well, it was kind of sad because I was trying to make friends, but it was more like, I'm going to, I'm going to dig into this. I'm going to spend some time here being curious about why, why this relationship bothered me so much. So what I realized pretty quickly was that, um, I'm drawn to a certain type of person. So if you meet my husband, he's really quiet, contemplative, analytical, skeptical, And slow talking and like slow talking makes me crazy. So it's kind of, it's kind of funny. And some of my closest friends are very similar to my husband. And so I'm I'm really kind of drawn to that type of person in the last years. And so all of a sudden I realized it, those friends and my husband let me talk about myself a lot And all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, I am that person to someone else. So if I hadn't taken the time to ask myself and get curious about what was annoying me in these friendships and why I chose a different type of person typically to spend my time with, I wouldn't have realized my own self-obsession with dominating a conversation. Sadly, I heard this on my podcast too. I would record with someone and then I was like, oh my gosh, this episode's about them. Why am I talking so much? I remember I interviewed a girl about human trafficking and I was nervous. When I'm nervous, I talk a lot. I'm getting better at this. Like I've worked on it a lot in the last years, but definitely it's a natural tendency. And there was like four minutes of me just like blabbering on. Like as okay, if I'm talking to someone about human trafficking, like I know zero I know 0% of what of these what this is about. Like I had nothing to add. I should be saying very little. And so I started to notice it on the podcast. And then I started to really pay attention to it in my life. I started asking better questions. I started digging deeper. With those friends who are on the quieter side, I started getting extra intentional because I love them so much. I would never want to make them think that I just cared about myself or hearing the sound of my own voice. And it's embarrassing to admit this stuff to you. But it was a true barrier to relationship, a true obstacle in my life. And so it just became something that was something I needed to continually work on. And... Okay, 1325... Droning over your own experiences and looking down at yourself and seeing a situation with fresh eyes is literally what coaching does to you, or you can do it to yourself, but we all need it in some, in one form or another growing through this experience and being willing to recognize how gross it felt to learn this about myself, but how unlocked I felt to know that I didn't need to continue in this pattern It showed me that I need to be the one asking these people questions and being curious about them and their lives and how they see the world. I've been reading um, the book How to Win Friends and Influence People by Daryl Carnegie. Dale Carnegie, actually, I think. Sorry. And it's hilarious. It's written in 1936, and it has made me laugh many times. But he basically says that everyone just wants to talk about themselves, and if you let them do that and you show up curious... About who they are, instead of trying to tell them who you are, you will get a lot further with people. And it's true. Everybody wants to talk about themselves, but do we settle for this and stay in that pattern? And we just have to start with being genuinely curious about who people are. And um, so once you see your weaknesses and you start to work on them and you don't die. It makes you want to do it again. So this learning about being a selfish friend greatly changed the way I treat my quieter counterparts. And I feel like I'm a much better friend to all of my friends since I've learned this. So the world says you're good just the way you are. And I feel like for me, that's definitely a fixed mindset outlook. I am not good just the way I am. I am not enough. I need God. I need certain grounding practices i need time i need to keep changing i need to keep scaling up i need to keep being curious kids get constant feedback and correction and this seems to make sense because they're not fully cooked and yet why does correction seem to sort of stop at 18 i mean we keep trying to correct kids when they're 21 but they're obstinate to it they should be looking for it we all should be looking for it The older I get, the more aware I am of how much I need to keep working on myself and chipping away the old. It's like a sculpture. I'm still rounding off my rough edges. So, okay, how do you find these weak points in yourself? So the magic is in the broken commitment to yourself or to your husband or to your friend or to your company, your job, whatever it is. That's where the magic is. So how do you start to unveil these weaknesses when you don't know what they are? So the best way I think is to look at commitments when you break a commitment or a promise or an agreement, you know, you tell someone you're going to show up or you say you're going to be there for something and then you're not. So I have a funny example. So I was being coached in 2018 and one of, I had signed a document that said I would be on time for my coachings and I. I kid you not, I showed up a minute late to this call. So Laura, my executive coach, who I was paying very good money to help me realize and accomplish my dreams, call me on my crap, hold me accountable, was like, okay, why were you late? And I'm like, okay, come on. Like it was one minute. And Laura was like, "Jody, this is where we mine for gold. So just answer me. I'm like, okay, well, I was packing my shoes for a trip to Hawaii so Laura said, okay, well, we always have a core reason why we broke a commitment to ourselves or to others. So which of these four core commitments or core desires was it? To look good, to feel good, to be right, or to be in control. So what mattered more than fulfilling this commitment to be on time today? I was very keenly aware that this round of questioning was super annoying and felt very pointless. That was what I felt. And I said, well, it's shoes, I guess. So I guess I wanted to look good for my trip. And Laura kept digging. She was like, has this shown up in your life before? Like this desire to look good over to over fulfilling commitments you've made. And my jaw nearly hit the floor. I was like, yes, this shows up everywhere. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I am constantly late for things because I prioritized looking good over respecting the commitment, being on time. I said my husband even told me when we were dating that he would rather I didn't look quite as beautiful and showed up on time when I said I would. I am late for work because my makeup is but my makeup's perfect. <laughs> I'll run back home because I forgot something that I want and care more about than being on time or fulfilling a commitment. This is written all over my life. In my relationships, too. My desire to appear good over being good, that was also there. I was willing to work more on my physical appearance than I would work on my heart. Did I like learning this about myself? No. But wow. Did this learning change me? Absolutely. I started realizing all the ways that I did what I wanted and disrespected the time of others... I realized that if I woke up late, I would prioritize time for good hair and makeup and skip time with God in prayer, which actually made me behave in a much less attractive way frequently. So something I've noticed in coaching is that there are all these areas that we hold at bay, that people hold at bay, that we have these off-limits areas, and we have built a lot of things on top of certain beliefs, positive and negative, that we have about ourselves I don't want us to settle for a weakness. I want us to own it, get curious about it and about how we show up in the world. Stop ignoring things that need fixing in our relationships, our passions, our work. And don't let life lessons pass us by. We are missing the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. So you need to look back to those four things anytime you break a commitment. Are you wanting to be in control? Are you wanting to look good, feel good, or be right? They say, I say they, my husband's always like, who are they? I don't know if some people somewhere at some point said that the desire to be right is stronger than the desire for literally almost anything else. Like it's actually incredible if you look into that. But a proactive approach to living unlocked and coaching ourselves comes from first being willing to look at the things and the reasons we do things why do we do things that hurt others owning your crap is a one day at a time sort of thing you start this these little questions and little by little you continually unlock it or peel back the onion I had all these analogies but none of them work I'm like a crack in your armor reveals Pandora's box and then I'm like no that doesn't make any sense <laughs> So don't waste your growth opportunities. Look at the behavior, your behavior in your relationships and be curious about how, how others feel after they spend time with you. Examine your reactions to certain situations. Do you fly off the handle? Do you cast blame? Are you willing to see your deep desire to be right? I often think we write off whole seasons Um we have a bad day, we make a bad choice, we have a bad moment and we decide that that's it for the day. We do this a lot with food where we're like, well, I had chips, so I might as well have a Mars bar. Um, but it's dangerous. We need to stop and examine our behavior step by step. Have a fight with your spouse? Examine it. Yesterday morning, oh my gosh, I yelled at my husband and I am not a yeller. And I don't know what I said, but I was like I was really mad. And he, he left the house and we did not say goodbye. And I was like, okay, God, what just happened? And I went and sat on the couch. Like pretty, what's really funny is it was about his concern over me being late, taking the kids to hockey pictures. And I just like lost it. So it's funny. This is clearly a pattern in my life. But in that moment, I wasn't right. He was. But my desire to be right was so strong that I screamed at him. But I didn't want to sit in my excuses. I just sat down and asked God. I was like, show me what just happened. And it didn't take very long sitting there before I was like, okay. I texted him and I was like, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry I yelled at you. I didn't need to yell at you and you were right and how annoying is it when someone's right it's the worst (laughs) I would love to text and be like I'm so sorry but you were wrong (laughs) but anyways in those moments noticing what caused me to react like that and some of this most of this stuff in us is so deep and so troublesome but I don't know. I can't sit in my excuses. It's like I have a house full of Halloween candy right now. And I could say that's why I have no willpower. We don't have heat in our house till January. That's like not a joke. Our heat pump is broken and they can't come to replace our system until January. (laughs) So now I'm too cold and unmotivated to work out. Like I actually feel like that, but I'm not going to sit in that excuse it's too, I'm too cold to go for an ocean dip. Occasionally I will sit in that excuse because if I'm so cold at hockey, I'm like, I'm not getting in the ocean. But the funny thing is that cold dips in the ocean actually are known to increase your core temperature of your body. So we need to be able to separate our desires and do what is best for us, not what feels good. And the world is always telling you, I don't know if you've noticed this lately, if it feels good, do it. Take a moment And recognize that this is that you are bombarded with these messages on social media. So take a moment and think about what your life would look like if you lived into the saying, if it feels good, do it. I feel like I would walk away from so many valuable relationships with family members. Um, I feel like, yeah, like I just countless things. I feel like I would just do differently like I wouldn't be with my kids the way I should I'd be self-serving and this whole world if it feels good do it no if it doesn't feel good dig into it figure it out and don't hope and don't try just do it and don't delay because if it means having deeper relationships better relationships or going after a dream or fighting for the thing that needs fighting for Don't say that you're going to hope it gets better or that you are going to try. This is literally my biggest pet peeve because Yoda said it and I never thought I'd be nerdy enough to repeat something Yoda said. But he said, do or do not, there is no try. And so I just hope that you feel encouraged today that you can look at your broken commitments. You can break them down. You can ask God for help in your relationships. And it's worth examining and recognizing you're not fully cooked. You're not perfect and you can grow through every tough situation and come out stronger on the other side and you are 100% worth it. So I hope you I would love to chat with you more about this if you have any other questions. You know where I'm at on the gram, More Jody Podcast. Um send me a DM. But yeah, share this message with a friend, family member. Please like, subscribe, rate, review, and have an awesome day. Go be the change that you want to see in this world. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you so much for spending your time here with the More Jody podcast today. I am so thankful that you came along and listened to this episode. Please like, subscribe, rate, and review. Share this with a friend. It would mean so much to me and have an awesome day. Go be the change that you want to see in this world.